Welcome to Season 2, Episode 7 of Man in the Making with former monk Rajan Shankara and Helena Hollis. Thank you both for joining me and over to you, Rajan. Thank you, Rokas. So uh, this is a new episode style. We have um, someone to join me and so you don't have to listen to my voice the whole time. Helena Hollis, you're the uh, owner and founder of Coco Ridge Coconut Water. Yes, yes I am. All right. So we have you here because the episode is about making better decisions. Uh, it's something that I've been teaching all week. I made a coaching video about it to people um, in the UK. And I wrote an article this week about it. And now we're going to talk about it on the podcast. Um, I guess, what, is, what, is, what does that even mean? Uh, making better decisions? I mean, and how does that apply to you? Because I think it applies to everybody, but maybe it applies to everyone differently. Um, I mean, especially for someone who owns a uh, six-figure, going on seven-figure business, how do, you, how do you make better decisions? That's a great question. Uh, I guess it depends on the decision I'm making, if it's a small decision. Well, that makes sense. Or if it's a large decision, if it's a really important decision. Um, if, I'm, if I don't know the answer, if I'm not quite sure, then what I would do is kind of ask around, get some feedback, um, and kind of use my intuition. Um, I'm big into that because I think, you know, deep down, you know the answer, but just kind of talking to other people can help you put all those decisions um, together so then it's more clear as to which direction to go. Okay, so that's exactly what I was thinking we would talk about today. Uh, Okay, so part of this episode is based on all of these resources. So resource number one that this podcast, the Making Better Decisions for us is based on today is the book Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind by Yuval Noah Harari. And basically he talks about what Helena was just talking about. And you, you said something about gathering, uh, gathering ideas and possibilities from other people and then making a calculated decision. Is that basically okay. like, does that make sense? So this book, Sapiens, which is a New York Times bestseller, um, I highly recommend it. It was uh, put out in 2015, so it's not that old. No, I'm sorry. The first Harper Perennial Edition published 2018. And so fairly new book. And it, it's about the subjectivity of the world and how we all have a model of the world and it's all mostly shared. So while we think that we're all very different and we are, we all kind of share the same decision-making foundations. So for example, credit cards, like we all believe in credit. 
and we all believe in money. Um, and we believe in a shared history of, of human culture. So credit is not actually a real thing. Credit was made by someone or a group of people. And it's more of a promise. It's not actually a thing that you can see. Um, money is, a, is a, considered a subjective agreement or story because we place the value on money. Money in and of itself is just a piece of paper that was manufactured by people. But our belief in money is a shared story that we all have. So the other reference for this episode is another book called The Structure of Magic. And The Structure of Magic is a therapy and, and a language book that talks about a similar thing in that we all have a model in which we see the world. And this one is a little bit more individual. Um, and it says that we do have this individual outlook on the world and we see things differently, but it has a common belief that we all use language in the same way. And we have three common effects of living a life in the world. And what we do with our language can be broken down into generalizations, deletions and distortions. And what that means is deletions are, the inability to recover experiences from our past because of trauma. So we, we delete something subconsciously. And then when we tell that same story, there's a part missing, hmm. right? Interesting. Generalizations were vague about things and distortions. Our memory is shoddy at best. And we end up, uh, misrepresenting things that are actually going on. And so that's, they're calling that distortions. So after the study of, of, of these two things, I ended upon uh, making a, a coaching video asking people um, in the UK what they thought about making decisions based on beliefs, values, and morals. And basically, these, both of these books are agreeing that we all have values. Like we all have a hierarchy of values, like a pyramid. And we make decisions based on prioritizing what we believe in. So if we have a goal, we know what to do in life based on what, what we believe is, is, is beneficial for us and that goal that we're going towards. So if you have a goal of starting a coconut water company, you have to then have a value of hydration and, and believing in hydration. Correct. So making, so the, the question is not necessarily how do we make decisions, but it's how do we make decisions better? And one of the interesting things about both of these books is that they talk about we all have a model of the world. We, we all see the world a certain way. And making a better decision 
is based on improving or expanding our model of the world. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. And it's yeah, funny when I first started my company, the decisions that I was making were based on the knowledge that I knew in the industry, which was very little. And being in business um, seven years now, my decisions are more calculated. Um, I'm able to make better decisions because I know more about the industry. Whereas before, I made a lot of mistakes. You couldn't see very much. Correct. Yeah. And, and now I continue to try and educate myself so I can make better decisions and make less mistakes. So possible. One of, that's, that makes a lot of sense, right? We have this box. We have this small worldview, relatively, right? Based on our own individual existence. And the bigger this box gets, the, the bigger our world gets. And if, if you have an individual who knows 10 possibilities for a possible solution, and you have another individual who knows 100 possibilities for a solution, probably the guy or girl who has the 100 possibilities is going to make a better decision because they have 90 times more solution potential. They, they, they know more things that are, that are available to them. So in the structure of magic, this, this language and therapy book and, and, and about listening to yourself and others and leaving out these generalizations, distortions, and deletions from your language is they use uh, options a lot, the word options. And when we give ourselves more options, we can specify or narrow a path. And so nothing is as vague as it once was. And to me, the result is clarity, like a better, a better decision, a much better decision. Right, I like that. So, yeah, I'm going to pull up an article here that I did this week. And basically, someone asked me, uh, one of my readers asked me, how do you stay reasonable while assessing a situation that pulls your values, morals, and solutions in opposing directions? So, to me, this is almost like, it's, it's how do you make a better decision, but it's how do you make a better decision when you have conflicting ideas or conditions. Right. And what did I say about that when we first discussed this? I think I said, I said it's based on what, um, what you need, what's necessary. Right. Yeah. So what are your priorities? Right. So that's, that's exactly the conclusion that I came to and wrote about as well. So 
for example, if you have, okay, so one way that your beliefs or your values can conflict and sort of pull on each other in, in one decision is the uh, common uh, or the famous example of stealing a loaf of bread to feed your starving family. Okay, so if let's it goes say, against your morals to do so. Exactly. Let's say your morals have two systems. Let's say you have a, a moral belief that you shouldn't steal, and then you have another moral belief that you shouldn't starve, especially your family, right? Let's add in the family to pull on emotional. It's not so much moral, it's more like, you know, you got to survive, you got to live. So. Uh, right, an inherent like <laughs> need. Yeah, it's an inherent need that you. Right. So, what if you have a need essentially, and it goes against the belief I shouldn't steal? Right. So, the person that asked this the question and, and which inspired the article basically couldn't act. He couldn't make a decision. He was stuck in the middle of the two things. I can't do this because I believe in this and I can't do this because if I do the other thing, it goes against this other belief that I have. Right. So what do you do? Um, and you don't, to me, you don't necessarily lose your values just because you reprioritize them. So, we, we can all agree that you shouldn't steal for the sake of stealing. Right. But in this case, in this specific case, if you need to prevent starvation, well, of course, you're going to have to reprioritize theft, put it lower on this value hierarchy, increase the priority of food gathering, steal the food, and then reprioritize theft back where it, it can be higher on the, the pyramid. Right. I, I think I may have another good example of that. Um, early on, I met a lot of pro skiers and snowboarders that were sponsored by uh, energy drink brands such as Monster, Red Bull. And I, I, you know, they would come to me or I'd come to them and, and say, you know, would you be interested in being one of our ambassadors? They had morals because of, for health reasons, they wanted to represent um, a brand or have that, you know, health wellness image because right. that's, that was who they were. That's what they believed in. And so they, them being sponsored by Monster goes totally against everything that they believe in. However, they also they want that sponsorship <laughs> to pay the bills. <laughs> They need the money, you know, so they can continue doing what they love to do. And since I, I was such a small company and I still am, I was unable to pay them, um, you know, for, for representing Coca Ridge, um, especially considering they're used to, you know, you can't compete with you Monster. You can't compete. Yeah, I definitely couldn't compete with Monster. And so they were trying to make that decision, you know, what, you know, what should I do? Um, stick with my morals and values or, you know, pay the bills and continue doing what I love to do. Um, and the, I, so you can do both. 
Um, well, you could, but one after the other, right? Right. So there are people who tried to um, do both, or they would drop their their energy drink sponsor and do their own thing and make less money, but um, you know would try and find a another brand that was still in the you know health and wellness yeah. industry that could you know, pay them something, you know, may not be as much as energy drinks could, but it would be something, or maybe they'd get free supplements out of it or, or, or whatnot. So, um, so yeah, it's still, and then there's also pro, you know, athletes who still live that holistic wellness alternative lifestyle, but have that energy drink sponsor, kind of in the foreground um you know they're still wearing the monster hat or they put on their snowboard the sticker is on their snowboard but they don't ever like promote it promote it like say oh this is what i drink this is what i love to drink they no, don't sell they, their soul in the process right they typically yeah that's don't what i would drink do those. Like, let's say <laughs> i had a sponsorship right and i was gonna i was gonna sponsor a, a meditation pillow right mm-hmm and I don't want to sell my soul. That's one of my morals. But also, I'd have a hard time turning down a big, massive contract. Exactly. So I would reprioritize my values while retaining both and start, you know, take on the contract, pay the bills, do what I had to do, but be as honest as possible in the process and promise not to lie about anything. And I think you can find a balance and then maybe even once you, once you make it to financial security, give back or, or focus on, on, on overcompensating for the restructuring of your values in a previous period of your life. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, there's. Um, I'm not saying you can people back. should get away with murder, and then just give back to a charity later in life, right? Like you have to have a you have to have a some sense of um, decency throughout. Right. But I don't think people should get hung up on conflicting values. I think they need to actually make a decision because we're all going in this one direction and be happy with the decision that you make at least at the very least make a decision because to not make a decision I think is worse. Absolutely. And I'm actually the most indecisive person you'll ever meet. <laughs> I hate making <laughs> Oh, <decisions>. I know. <laughs> <laughs> And they say people make decisions, what is it, 20,000 times a day or something? From when you wake up to what you're going to wear, you know. Right, like waking eat. up is a decision. Right, exactly. It what doesn't have to be up, major What are you going to do? There's so many decisions. So they try and, you know, I've read books where they say, you know, minimize your decision making. You don't want decision fatigue. Make exactly. a routine. Because that happens. And so... Um, the one thing was to minimize the items in your closet. 
So stick to 30 items if you can. You know, for a guy that's easy, for a woman might be harder. Um, but if you stick to, okay, I only wear black shirts for the week or white shirts on the weekends, then it, then that uh, limits your decision fatigue. So that minimizes it. Um, and then even breakfast, you know, your routine, if you keep to a routine, then it's kind of automatic and you don't have to, you know, make those decisions on what you're going to eat and everything else. And therefore that gives you, you know, you have more energy to make better decisions for bigger decisions. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and another thing is just routines in the morning to reduce the decision-making fatigue. Or I've, I've also heard it referred to as willpower. I'm not sure if that terminology is correct. You've had it referred. You've yeah. you've heard it referred to as what? Willpower. Oh, willpower. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's. that's a I know. I'm yeah. guessing you have your own opinion on it since you were a monk. But yeah. Well. Cool. Well, we defined willpower as as uh, energy. And uh, oh, and awareness. So that's a pretty mystical topic. I think we talked about that in season one. Right. But we, the, the mystical belief or the Eastern philosophical belief is that we are willpower. Like we are a force moving. Right. It's not that we're not a force and it's not that willpower is extra from us. We are that force that does. So it's not of how do I build willpower? It's how do I redirect my interest or awareness into that which I would like to accomplish. I know that's a lot. <laughs> I'm absorbing it. Yeah. As well. Okay. Isn't that true though? I mean, it, it's like I'm, I'm lazy and I need, okay, let's use the example. I'm lazy and I need to get more willpower to make a decision or make a decision to be fit and change my right. diet and change my right. lifestyle. But it takes a lot of energy to be lazy. Like you have to plan it out. You have to just end up continuing a pattern of laziness. And that's not easy. So the idea is that you're putting energy into laziness. Right, but there's not as much mental stimulation when it comes to laziness. No. So it, that's why it's really easy to be lazy. Is it easy to be lazy? I don't. Think I guess so. as a monk, you do think differently, Maybe. but for an average person, I believe for so. An average person who deals with trauma in their lives or stress from work or family, you know, situations, um, it can be, it can be a lot. So, so therefore, um. Therefore, making decisions takes a lot of energy and willpower. That's where I would say you redirect willpower. You don't get more. You just get more interested in other things. But I can see how there's a, there needs to be a, 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 a jolt of motivation and inspiration to change something. But the the belief, the mystical belief is that deep down at its core, you're not getting more of something. You're just redirecting it. 
And I think that's liberating. I think that that's refreshing, you know, because to think like, how do I get more of myself? Right. Well, there's a lot of people out there who aren't as confident or who, you know, don't love themselves um, or who aren't passionate about, you know, waking up early and, you know, and getting started for the day and going to work. And, and so, and so that's why it's important to kind of have something that you enjoy the routine with, for you it might be espresso in the morning, you know, that, you know, makes you happy. Um, you know, for me, it would be yoga, you know, yoga is what would get me up in the morning and get me excited to start the day. Um, and then throughout the day, it could be tea or coffee or hanging out with friends, but it's just, everybody should have something that they really enjoy every day. Mm -hmm. Even if it's that $5 cup of coffee or latte. I agree. That is a good point because you do need a reason to get up in the morning. Because sometimes, yeah, if you don't have it, then you just stay in bed, I guess. So that's actually one of the, that's one of the aspects of uh, this philosophy I like so much of increasing your decision-making power by expanding your world. So if you need something extra in your life to get you going, or if you need something to get you motivated or inspired to, to, to get up and do something and make a decision, I recommend that you learn more things, find out, find out more things that exist. Maybe dive into some new interests. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you try, okay. So see what really, you know, what you really enjoy doing. Yes. And, and the more, you know, the more potential you have for finding something that sparks something else in your life. Right. Um, like they say in bonsai culture, bonsai is the potted plant, the Japanese potted plant, uh, uh, stunting and, you know, stunting the growth of the small tree. Of course, everyone knows what a bonsai is. So, um, the saying is start 100 bonsai, keep one. So the idea is you get a lot of practice in all these different kinds of trees and all these different shapes and forms and everything and structures. And you learn all this stuff along the way. And then you master one and you keep one and really focus on that. Focus your energy where you have the most interest and the tree that you find the most beauty in is going to be the easiest one to keep for a long period of time. And some bonsai plants are like a thousand years old. So you're saying knowledge, uh, gain knowledge, and then, and then from that you will have you'll find things that will get you out of bed. Is that does that summarize it? Yeah, the, it increase your worldview, increase your. Okay, so how? Um, how would you suggest in that just reading books or other things? No, Do something. Yeah. Travel, well, yeah. I mean, don't you know, definitely reading. You definitely know, it's reading. It's not just reading, but it's also traveling, getting involved in it's everything. You know, your local community and, you know, art classes or, okay, you know, that's just good. going to a brewery, you know, literally like, like literally just walk like, around the block <laughs> and yeah. run into something. Yeah. And, and, 
or if you, you know, that that's the point. Like, especially the point with my clients, I, I sometimes I deal with extremely depressed people who uh, don't want to leave their house. Right. And they actually have options, like do anything different, like read something different on the internet. Um, watch a video and then that might may spark but an interest. The problem with that is you can just go down a loop of let's say watching videos or absorbing right, other media. Well, I'm not like... suggesting you go down a loop of watching videos. <laughs> but, okay, but when you start it's hard to stop. Like I'm talking about people my age from um, right. other people I know. So let's say they have they messaged me saying, like I can't get out of bed. Do you have any advice for like what to do to get out of bed? And it's that's what I'm looking for, like um, something that would motivate people out of bed for if they don't have a reason to get up in the morning. So there are days that I don't want to get out of bed because, you know, it, it's tough. I have to make so many decisions and sometimes I don't know what the best decision to make is. And, and sometimes I just need some quiet time. And um, when I really get inspired is when I am active. So when I go out for a hike, when I go out and take a yoga class, or when I go out for a run, those are when ideas all of a sudden come to me. <laughs> like I was, you know, making, trying to make a decision whether I should do this or, you know, um, you know, what partnership I should work on and, and how would that look? And all I need to do is go up for a run, go for a nice hike, clear my mind. And that's when things kind of flow. It, it's crazy. It's kind of like meditation. I'm not a good meditator, but if I was, I probably wouldn't have to go outside <laughs> every time to, to get insight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, no one... I don't disagree with any of that. I think that's great. I, but I think in general, it's movement. Movement. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, do anything. And eventually, you'll increase your por portfolio right. of movement. Right. And, and one of those things will, will be something that you want to keep really doing, enjoy. or else you'll just die. Correct. Correct. And I have a lot of interests. I like rock climbing, snowboarding, mountain biking, hiking, camping. I don't just dive into one thing particularly. It's like seasonal. Like, yeah, I have seasonal hobbies and interests. And, and you don't know that you have the interest until you do it. Correct. Yeah. And I'm always open to trying something new and not everybody is. And I think just having that, you know, mindset of, you know, why not? Why don't I go out, try salsa dancing, you know? Um, you know, why not join a class where I don't know anyone? <laughs> uh, maybe I'll meet someone. Go make some cheese. You know? Yeah, okay, so I want to get back to what Rokas was saying because that's fascinating and it's important and it's interesting and it's something that I deal with too, uh, with clients, I mean. So I have people who who need me to get them out of bed in the morning and, and to give them a reason sometimes even to live right. And to survive. And it's like, why should I wake up tomorrow? Why shouldn't I eat this entire bottle of sleeping pills? And that's a real thing. Mm -hmm. But the point is that you, that you take. So let's call this a decision and let's call getting out of bed 
one of the biggest decisions you have to make today or tomorrow, okay? How do you make the best decision and get out of bed when you don't want to or don't have a drive to do anything? The point is you take this massive decision, whatever it is, and you break it down into chunks. That's how you get started. That's what you tell your friend, Rokas, who texts you and says, I can't get out of bed. I'm stuck watching TikTok and I'm not learning anything. So you, you ask them, can you move your right foot? Like, can you wiggle your toes a little bit? And they say, yeah. And you say, can you bend your knee and move your right leg out of the bed? And it's like, well, yeah, I can do that. I can get up and stand up, but I can't leave my room. Okay. Well, can you walk towards the door and at least look at the door and realize that it's possible that you can open the door? And they say, okay, yeah, I can do that. And then they go out and they're in the hallway. You get what I'm saying? Then they go from the hallway. Yeah, that's interesting. Downstairs. And it's like, can you take a shower? It's like, yeah, I think I can take a shower. Like, first think about it. And then, can you do it? It's like, yeah, I can take a shower. It's like, okay. You take a shower. You call me back. Okay? They call you back. They've taken a shower. And it's like, all right. We need you to stimulate your brain a little bit more. Can you think about 10 different things you could do? You could open up a book and close it again. You could open up a computer and, and, and read something intellectual, like a few words. You could walk outside. You could walk around the block. And it's like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll walk around the block. Okay. Open the door, open the front door, and I'm outside. Okay, which way do I go? Do I go left or do I go right? You know, and it's like you make these, you make this massive thing into these small chunks. So it's not such an impossible feat. And that's really how you make every decision ever. Except a lot of times when you're an adult and you have a developed mind. You put things inside the subconscious so you don't have to think about it anymore. Like this morning, I had to, I had to be somewhere by 8 o'clock. So without scheduling it, I woke up. I started writing. I did a little bit of reading. I had coffee. I took a shower. But those things didn't have to be thought of. They were just, that's, what, that's how I get somewhere at 8 a.m. Those things are the prerequisite to that, that main decision broken up into these little decisions. But, but for the people who the big picture is so overwhelming, they get stuck, then you have to get rid of the big picture. And you say, you know, what does this look like to you? Can you, can you at least do this? And when you break it down with it like that, it's like, well, yeah, I can do that. And it's like, well, could you write one page in a journal? Well, yeah. Well, if you did that every day, you'd have a novel. Right. And you'd have written a novel in a year. What do you think about having an accountable buddy? Say, Rokas and you know, his friend, um, say they go to a, you know, a um, exercise class at 7 o'clock on Mondays. And that forces them to get up early, 
gives them a purpose, a reason to get up early. And then just doing that activity of moving around and meeting up with their friend can boost their mood, their energy, uh, and then kind of start the day. Absolutely. Like community is huge. Yeah, you don't have to do it by yourself. That's, that, I mean, and that's what right. you're saying earlier. When you improve your world map and to make better decisions and improve your life, and, and you acquire more possibilities of things to do, that usually involves other people. Like, go to a class where I don't know anyone. And I guarantee all you have to do is introduce yourself to one person and you'll maybe two people and you'll make a friend out of one of them. Maybe three people just go up to three people and say, Hey, I'm new here. What's this stuff like? Guarantee oh, yeah. they'll, they will go, they will go far beyond what you thought a normal person would do to make you feel more comfortable. Yeah. And I always grew up as an introvert. And so for me, meeting new people, wasn't easy but i knew it was necessary because i moved around so much and i was always the new person in town so it forced me to get out and it forced me to talk to strangers you know and meet people and make friends um but it was always scary at first just you know putting yourself out there but then you never know who you're going to meet and that's what so it can be exciting you know, just the thrill of not knowing who you can possibly meet and where it could take you. Because you might, they may be, absolutely. A, you know, an expert in, you know, rock climbing. And then all of a sudden you have a new rock climbing buddy, <laughs> you know, and, and that yeah. may lead to meeting more people and, and so forth. Absolutely. Does that make sense, Rogas? Yeah, that was really good. What what do you would it, is that what you would tell your friend? What would you tell um, you? There are different things, but let's say some things I said and this didn't work was it was something that would work for me. So counting down, let's say from five to one, and just while counting down, thinking no matter what, when I get to one, I will get out of bed. And like as you count down, like fix set your mind on getting out of bed on one, but then as soon as you get to one, just swing your legs over and you'll get out. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's great. Like and that's gonna it's work. It's not something for, that works for my friends. Right. It's gonna work for someone. Yeah. But so this very conversation is an example of so Rokas had an idea of what to do. Helena has an idea of what to do, and I have an idea of what to do. We each had one idea as we yeah. came into this conversation. Now, each of us has an, two extra mm -hmm. ideas. So we all have three ideas now. I love it. And maybe an extra one due to critical thought and creative thinking. You know? Yeah, so now that's really cool. With your friend, you say, why don't you... Why don't, why don't we talk it through as you do this, yeah. you know, stay with it or go over to their house and pour water all over them. I bet that would get them out of bed. 
Yeah, uh, very convenient to uh, go five-hour <laughs> train journey. <laughs> oh, five hours away. He's not, he's not in the same okay. campus. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Can you help me help a friend? So maybe just text him in the morning or something. You know, I always enjoy a text from my friends in the morning. You know, it makes me smile. It, you know, makes me happy. And, and you know, and, and planning something in the near future is always great, too. Every time I talk to my friend Liz, you know, we always try and and make a point to meet each other um, during the week. You know, before we get off the phone, we're like, okay, well, when should we see each other next, you know? Um, what are you doing this weekend? Or what are you doing tomorrow night? Um, and it just so happened she's our upstairs neighbor, so that's really convenient. <laughs> um, but yeah, just, just having those conversations with friends really helps, I think. There's also a part of it that, that is, you know, if it's a pattern and if it's detrimental to the person's health, then more serious matters need to be, right. you know, and it, and it may not be appropriate for you to, uh, take, to try to take the next step. You know what I mean? It, because you're five hours away. So they might need, uh, a mentor, you know, they might need someone that can work with them on a weekly basis, or um, they they might need to look into a combination of of different things that that alters their a worldview. You know, it's it's a complicated like people are complicated. People are extremely complicated and so much so it's beyond comprehension sometimes. So if you're really, if you're really worried about your friend, um, you know, they should have maybe go on a, you, you should go on a camping trip. Maybe I think having no technology. Yeah. Or just having something a radical shift, to, either vacation or, you know, like you said, like Raj said, a camping trip. Um, they say when you come back from a vacation that you should already have had another vacation planned so you don't get depressed when you come back from your vacation that you just came from. So, so yeah, just having something to look forward to it is great. It kind of keeps you going as something to focus on. And it should be, you know, if someone can't get out of bed, then maybe they should have something either every day or every weekend. Well, yeah, or professional help. Yeah, and then they should talk to They should talk, they need to talk to, see, to someone. You know, you know. What, what they need to do to kind of get out of this. It's sometimes something radical is needed. Or, or uh, something that I've had to use in my work is, is, uh, distance and space. And, you know, your, the, the very fact that someone can text you shows that they can do something, but they're kind of dependent. And to make someone independent is may, may require them to have a wake up call. And so oftentimes in that kind of drastic situation, we, you know, we don't want to become an enabler, 
and just be there for them to ha- so they can text someone. But if it gets if it goes too far, you may need to say, you know, uh, until you until you get out of bed, uh, you can't text me. You know, you uh, this is not a healthy relationship for you or I, and it, this is not this is not good. This is a little pathetic, and so let me know when when you get out of bed, and then we can talk. But if not, leave me out of it. Yeah, I can see that. You know, let's say uh, let's. I, I've had a client where I've had to, their sister was enabling the other sister to uh, depend on them. And it's like, I had to pull one sister away and say, that's not your responsibility. That's manipulation, that there's difference here. You know, you've made yourself available, but now your life is falling apart because your sister is dependent on you. And once you pull the, the, the enabler away and there's distance, uh, she started to realize that she was an adult and that she could in fact make different moves on her own. And it's a slow process and it's a painful one, but sometimes distance is the option that we have to have in our toolbox in order to make a better decision. Right. Or maybe they need to be alone and not wake up early for however long it takes for them to be able to reflect and realize okay this is not where i want to continue going i need to do something and then right like everyone that i care and love about it has left me and it's like okay what's wrong with me what's wrong (laughs) yeah what's going on and then it's like eventually the person you know reaches out for help by opening their door and going down to the dining room and realizes that everyone was waiting for them the entire time you know that kind of thing okay what did you think, Rokas? Um, yeah, that was good. It wasn't that bad with my friend, but um, <laughs> no, no, I'm just, I thought um, for people listening, if anyone does right, have absolutely. similar situations, then yeah, that's good to listen to. Yeah, we all know someone like that, or maybe, you know, we've been there ourselves, you know? Okay, so we're going to end here with this, this wonderful conversation with uh, just the, a few paragraphs of the last thing I wrote in this week's article that you can find on my blog, rajanshankara.com slash the blog. And I write a new article every week. And if you even sponsor an article, I'll write you, I'll write an article on whatever topic you like. So the ending of this week's article goes like this. Staying pragmatic means adjusting what means most to you for what you're willing to endure in order to get what you want. Sacrifice is something we all must go through in life, but we don't have to lose our goodness for survival because the definition of goodness changes based on the circumstance. We should never kill for the sake of killing, but we all would be morally obligated to kill in order to save an innocent party. As we mature through life, we learn new values that are more useful than ones we used to hold so highly, and we are able to tell others about what suits us the best. People still learning will not be able to see as much as you, so they will keep their values until their time to learn comes. 
In this way, we can be compassionate to those younger in mind and body and respect those souls who somehow acquired values that we never even considered to exist, like love absolute. Know that whatever decision you make, you are stepping in the right direction because that is what you needed to do at that moment, in that way, in that time. Becoming the hero and transforming chaos into order is going to require difficult decisions that make you question your beliefs, force you to acquire new values for old ones, and dance in between the fine lines of societal ethics and individual morals. Fear not, for those difficult decisions that accelerate change provide the permanent foundations for growth, maturity, and excellence. Thanks, everyone.